Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, April 1st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Joe Biden said he'll open up the government's oil reserves yesterday to try and temper oil prices. And there was an ominous signal in the U.S. government bond market this week. The FT's Katie Martin isn't panicking yet. I'm afraid if you're looking for the market to give you really reliable, nailed-down signals of what's going to happen next, you're going to have a bad year. We'll talk about why the inverted yield curve may not be so scary after all. Plus, a sneak peek of my chat with the head of the FT, editor Rula Halaf, about covering the war in Ukraine. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. President Joe Biden yesterday announced a massive release of oil from the country's strategic petroleum reserves. It was an effort to try to lower oil prices. 180 million barrels of oil will be injected into the market over the next six months, which works out to a million barrels a day. It's the biggest ever release of oil from the reserves. Here's our U.S. energy editor, Derek Brower, about the president's move. Biden remains really worried about gasoline prices, petrol prices in the U.S., Uh, He thinks that the sanctions that he's imposed on Russian oil coming into the U.S. and the possibility of shortages from Russian oil supply, he thinks this could inflate oil prices further. And so he's acting now and he's gone really down a a shock and awe route in terms of releasing as much oil as is pretty much feasible from the U.S. strategic petroleum reserve to try to cool prices and send the market, uh, you know, oil prices, petrol prices lower. Yeah, and actually oil prices dropped after Biden's announcement yesterday. Um, Derek, the other thing the White House has been doing recently is encouraging oil companies to produce more oil. Will it continue doing that now? Well, it's a good question, Mark. At the same time as he's letting all this oil out into the market, he's also telling oil companies, start using your leases or we're going to punish you. He said he wanted Congress to find a way to levy fines, essentially, on companies that are sitting on leases and not drilling. And the companies have been saying, well, hang on a sec, Um, we're not drilling because our shareholders tell us not to drill. And just because Joe Biden tells us that he wants more oil doesn't mean we want to do it. So it's a really, it's it's a bit of a standoff between Wall Street now and the White House. White House is saying to the oil producers, produce more oil, hurry up, produce more oil, you need to do it. Wall Street is telling these companies, well, don't please, we like your profits. You know, Derek, this is such a stark difference from before the war, you know, when the government was really focused on green energy alternatives to oil. Exactly. I think the the great irony of all this is that as soon as petrol prices in the U.S. got over $4 a gallon, which they are now, the climate agenda that Biden was so focused on when he came into office has been relegated. Now it's all about energy security. It's all about getting more oil. He's very much focused on the midterm elections, of course, and his approval ratings, which have fallen as the petrol price has risen. So He's doing what he can to get more oil into the market, drive down petrol prices, and then at the same time saying, we'll deal with the climate stuff later and trying to assure his progressive base that actually, yeah, we do have an answer to this later on. It's clean energy revolution in the economy. But first of all, we need to be reelected. And he may think that he's not going to win uh, the midterms with $4 gasoline. Derek Brower is the FT's US energy editor. Okay, so not to be dramatic, but U.S. Treasuries are having just an absolutely horrible time. This week, yields skyrocketed on long and short-term bonds. And for one brief moment, embrace yourself, the yield curve inverted. 
That's when the yield on a short-term bond goes higher than a long-term bond. In this case, the two-year note went higher than the 10-year, and it was seen as a signal of a possible recession. To unpack all this, I'm joined by the FT's Katie Martin. Hey, Katie. Hey. Okay, so Katie, why did everyone just go absolutely bonkers when the inversion happened on Tuesday? It was just like for a few moments. (laughs) Everyone went bonkers because yield curve inversions have preceded every recession in the U.S. in the last 50 years. It's only given two false signals in 65 years. So the two-year yield is very much linked to interest rates as they stand. Ten-year yields are much more reflective of growth and inflation and a bit of interest rates, but they tell you slightly different things. And so when the yield inverts, when two-year debt yields are higher than ten-year debt yields, that's telling you that interest rates are rising, all things being equal, but down the line you're looking at a slower growth outlook or potentially even a recession. So it is a bit of a recession indicator. The thing is, people do often get a little bit too excited about the yield curve. So to quote from a paper that the Fed put out earlier this week, and, you know, some quite long words here, so I hope you're ready. Just say them slowly, you know, (laughs) and I'll try and catch up. (laughs) Yeah. The omniscience of the 210 spread that pervades market commentary is probably spurious. In other words, the Fed is saying... Everyone gets too excited about the 210 spread. And also, when people get too excited about the 210 spread, that instills a sense of pessimism about the economic outlook that can become self-fulfilling. Okay, so is the Fed right to downplay this, Katie? Are they right or are they wrong? I don't know. Um, I'm not going to argue with the Fed about yield curves or anything else, really. But the the underlying story here is there is still a really thick layer of uncertainty around where the US economy and the global economy are heading next. It is quite difficult to imagine with what's going on with Russia and with commodity prices that inflation is going to go away quickly. And there has to be a risk that at a certain point people will say, I'm going to stop buying this stuff because it's just too expensive. And at that point, you can get a hit to economic growth. So there's definitely a worry out there. Katie Martin is the FT's markets editor. Thank you as always, Katie. Pleasure. So as you know, at the FT News Briefing, we talk to the reporters behind the stories that help you understand the news of the day. And right now, a lot of that news is about the war in Ukraine. Well, tomorrow on our sister podcast, FT Weekend, I'll speak with the head of the Financial Times, editor Rula Haloff, about covering this war. She calls it the most important story of our time. Because we have lived in a world where we assumed that this type of war in the heart of Europe would not take place uh, ever again. We assumed that the Cold War was over, and it was over for several decades. But this war takes us back to a time that we just thought we would never uh, return. And she'll talk about the challenges of running a newsroom during wartime. I can think of two kinds of challenges. Um, One has to do with deployments and where your people are and making sure that they are always um, safe. I think another challenge is always on stories such as these is making sure that you strike the right tone. What is the overall message that uh, that the FT is giving to readers? 
You can hear more of my conversation with Rula Haloff tomorrow. I'll be guest hosting the FT Weekend podcast while Lila Raptopoulos is away. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. And don't forget about our offer to subscribe to FT.com for half the usual price. It's £159 for all the outstanding journalism that's usually behind the paywall and usually £319. Just go to FT.com slash briefing sale. Again, that's FT.com slash briefing sale. We'll also have a link in the show notes. Our show is produced by Fiona Simon and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. We had help this week from David De Silva, Peter Barber, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Bromley is the FT's global head of audio. And our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 